It looks like we're going to get a bit of the break in the heat, but beautiful sunny day expected today. Perfect summer day if you like 28 degree weather and nothing but sunshine because that's what's on tap. And it's a bit of a break from yesterday and the day before. First two days of summer were oppressively hot, especially for vulnerable people that may not have air conditioning. This is really disturbing to me and upsetting. You remember Premier Doug Ford um, during the first year of the pandemic slamming owners of long-term care, saying, you know, um, I would like to stick you in hot rooms for 24 hours at 30-degree heat and see how you like it. Because we learned that not only was, you know, uh, long-term care a dangerous place for vulnerable people to be living in very close quarters together during the pandemic, but we also learned that a lot of these people were – you know, stuck to their rooms without any kind of air conditioning. Some didn't even have fans. It was absolutely oppressive, inhumane, appalling. These are people that have given to the province throughout their whole lives. And here they are at the their final years and they're suffering. And so legislation was passed last year requiring homes to provide AC in all bedrooms by when? Yesterday. June 22nd, 2022. And now we're hearing reports that that's just not the case. There's a woman in Lindsay whose mom is in uh, long-term care said, you know what? Um, it's just not good enough. Uh, actually, it's her aunt. She lives in a room without air conditioning. She's saying this, this is supposed to be remedied by now. And basically what long-term care homes are saying is, well, we've got a supply chain issues like everyone else. Is that good enough? Dr. Amit Arya is a palliative care lead at Kensington Gardens Long-Term Care Home in Toronto. Joins the Kelly Cotrera Show to talk about this. Dr. Arya, are you at all uh, surprised that we are not up to speed where the legislation deemed we should be by now with all of our long-term care homes in the province having access to AC for um, all of their residents? Um, you know, that's a great question, Kelly. Uh, I'm not sure if I would say surprise is the right word. I'm very alarmed and I'm very upset, of course, because this is not a luxury, as you've alluded to, for residents who live in long-term care who are especially vulnerable to the impacts of heat waves. This is absolutely a medical necessity. And the province, uh, as, as you mentioned, uh, you know, the government and the premier have said for, you know, a couple of years now that they would make this mandatory, not just in cooling areas or in specific areas of long-term care homes, but rather in all in, in the entire long-term care home facility, meaning in the resident rooms as well. And, you know, we have to ask the question, why hasn't it happened even up until this point? This one home in uh, Lindsay, they, they have 15 homes without AC, in-suite AC. And they're saying that they're Crescent Care. And they're saying the spokesperson said they, they expect the installation of rooftop units will pump cold air into the residents' rooms starting in July... But uh, they've got uh, supply chain issues, could take as long as 16 weeks to uh, deliver them. And uh, obviously, this is not good enough. They had a year lead time with the legislation. They had two years lead time, knowing that this was coming down, that our premier was hopping mad. Where's the disconnect? Is it the fact that there are no teeth in this legislation, no way to find long-term homes? Or is there anything that would, um, you know, incentivize them to get a move on quicker? 
Well, I mean, it's hard for me to comment on supply chain issues as a as a physician. That's definitely not my area of, of, of particular expertise. But you're right. I mean, uh, we we can all ask the question: Why is it that um, certain long term care homes are you know do have air conditioning? And let's be honest: even before this issue was recognized in 2020, there were certain long term care homes which already had air conditioning. I mean, once again, I can explain why this is absolutely a medical necessity for people Please who live do. in long term care homes because uh, older adults, seniors, and people with this disabilities where the people who live in these homes are much, much more prone to dehydration. So they're less likely to feel thirst. And by the time they're already feeling thirsty, uh, that means they may already be mildly dehydrated. And secondly, because everyone who lives in a long-term care home is disabled, it means that they can't, or you know, they often don't have the ability to hydrate themselves. So they simply can't get up and, you know, just get a glass of water and drink it. People have swallowing problems. They spend most of their day in a wheelchair or even confined to their bed in their room. So what that means is that um, they're dependent on the staff to look after them, to monitor their hydration status, and to actually hydrate them. And as we know, unfortunately, long-term care homes are still understaffed. Uh, Some of them are more understaffed than others. So um, that, you know, all these things can create the perfect storm to lead to dehydration and endanger the health and well-being of people in long-term care. I I think the first step, uh, you know, to what you were speaking to, Kelly, in terms of why this hasn't happened is also around transparency, where, Mm -hmm. um, as as, you know, as far as I'm aware, the province is not releasing the exact information about which long-term care homes, um, you know, do not have full air conditioning in the rooms. And that is actually a problem throughout the, you know, the entire long-term care home sector where there's, even though all long-term care homes are publicly funded, meaning that our money as taxpayers goes towards all of these long-term care homes, we don't have transparency about staffing levels for each long-term care home. We don't have transparency about air conditioning uh, and, and, you know, many other sort of in, very important and serious issues. It seems to me there's a problem with uh, long-term care in the fact that we're missing something important in the title of what these uh, places are supposed to provide, and it's the care. It seems like it would be more appropriate to say long-term warehousing in some cases. It's just dismal. Yeah, you bring up a great point, and I could even tell you more about the name since you're asking about the wording that we use, uh, which is, uh, you're, you're very right and correct. So uh, even before, um, you know, the pandemic, uh, studies have shown us that, you know, because our system is so stretched and in a bottleneck type of crisis, uh, people are getting sicker and sicker by the time they arrive uh, in long-term care and in a long-term care home. So the, 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 you know, the average life expectancy of someone, and this is before the pandemic, uh, was just 18 months months, so a year and a half, which means that there were definitely people, and I've seen this in my practice, of course, who um, who died in long-term care in less than a year. So they were living in long-term care for less than a year. So for once again, for many people, it's not long-term. Um, you know, the care is missing, unfortunately, as we've talked about, because these facilities are understaffed and underfunded. And as we know, a significant portion of them are for profit. So the care is missing. And then, you know, the third issue is the, is the home. And uh, unfortunately, uh, as you have alluded to, when you're sort of warehousing uh, hundreds of people um, you know, under one roof, it's hard to provide a home-like environment in any way, shape or form, in my opinion, uh, where, you know, you can't, you know, individualize food choices or, you know, recreation choices, cultural uh, needs, religious needs. It's very hard to individualize that when you have so many people warehoused together. So, I mean, the COVID-19 pandemic should have been the opportunity to completely reframe our elder care system. And honestly, that should have started, I mean, we're talking about air conditioning. I would actually broaden the discussion to say it should be mandatory 
ambulatory and long-term care, but also in retirement homes, in seniors' housing, uh, for people with disabilities, mm-hmm. anywhere where people are vulnerable. And going beyond that, it shows that we need to think about long-term care And I'll say this twice, just so we understand, think about long-term care in our country and in our province less as a place where you are sent away and warehoused, but more as a philosophy of care where you can receive this care at home, which is where the vast majority of seniors, in fact, almost all seniors want to remain. Sure, but you know, we've got a problem then, and and, and I hear what you're saying, and the problem is there is uh, this... uh, need to get seniors out of their homes so that because we've got a supply shortage and that's really something I think that is uh should be investigated further because although everybody wants to stay in their home there are there's a huge group and including you know government that wants people to move out of their homes to make way for more people to live in the homes and that sounds like I've put on a tinfoil hat but there is uh I think that's a reality yeah, I mean, we're getting into some important issues, Kelly. Thank sure. you so much for bringing this up. Yeah, so, I mean, our, our, our system is fundamentally skewed, uh, and I would say not just in Ontario, perhaps more so in Ontario with the, ch- with the changes that the province is bringing, but even across Canada, where we spend uh, disproportionately more of our money on long-term care institutions and mm-hmm. these, you know, long-term care facilities, right, rather than on home care. And I'll, I'll share with you, we don't need to do that. I mean, from an economic perspective, and I'm no health economist, and neither are you, but it doesn't take a a PhD in economics to realize it's actually a lot better and a lot cheaper to look after people at home. You don't have to buy land. You don't have to um, sort of build these uh, very expensive buildings, and the cost on a daily basis is a lot cheaper. Um, You know, it's about double to care for someone in long-term care as compared to at home. So this actually makes no sense. And we should be actually fixing care in the existing long-term care homes, right? Providing more care. Yep. And then we should be making sure that as many people as possible can stay at home for as long as possible and put as much of our taxpayer dollars as possible into home care. Listen, what I think is going to happen is what a lot of people like my age are saying, and maybe you're having these conversations too. Who wants to pool our money eventually, buy a house and start to convert it so that a bunch of friends can live together, uh, as, you know, as they age and get, uh, you know, couples could live together and you get doctors and people that you need coming through, uh, to help you in any way you can. And I think that golden girls idea is a lot more palatable for, for people, especially when you read stories like this. I have to leave it at that. Uh, but I'm sure we'll be talking again. I'm just so happy that you pointed out why this is really a problem. The fact that we don't have uh, adequate cooling systems that were mandated by legislation to start and be across the province as of yesterday. They're still not happening in long-term care. So thank you very much, Dr. Arya. Thank you, Kelly. All right. We'll talk again soon.